This is the Power of Promise podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, episode number 120 with the author of One Shot, One Life, The Ultimate Success Formula to Help You Win at Anything in Life, Doug Fitzgerald. Hey, this is Matthew Bivens from the Having It All podcast, where I help you answer your call to live with more purpose, balance, and love. Dr. Brad Miller helps you discover peace, prosperity, and purpose right here on the Pathway to Promise podcast. You're on the Pathway to Promise with Dr. Brad Miller. Brad believes every person has a God-given promised life of peace, prosperity, and purpose, and that you must have a plan and a guide to get there. The Pathway to Promise podcast not only is your guide through the wilderness of depression and disappointment that stand between you and your promised life, but also brings you insights and direction from inspiring, successful thought leaders who have transformed their lives. Welcome to the Pathway to Promise. Now, here's Brad. Hello, good people. Welcome to the Power of Promise podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. It is our mission, it is our purpose to help you overcome adversity in your life and to achieve your promised life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. You can go to our website, pathwayofpromise.com, with lots of helpful things, a free gift for you there, as well as some opportunities to learn from some great authors and leaders about how to overcome various aspects of adversity in your life to achieve success. Such is the case today when we have a person who came to a point in life when he found himself screaming at the top of his lungs, basically at a field, at a football field. He was in agonizing pain. His marriage was in trouble. His life was a mess and he didn't know where to turn. What do you do? Have you been there? I've been there a couple of times. Well, in the case of Doug Fitzgerald, he uh, focused his efforts on turning his life around and helping the lives of people he knew who were having some challenges in their life, too, especially in the corporate and business world. He asked the question to people, what do you worry about that keeps you up at night? And that's the basis of the book that he wrote called One Shot, One Life, The Ultimate Success Formula to Helping You Win at Anything in Life and how he came about to create a principles and process to help you win at life and have success in life. And that's what he's done. He's had his own share of successes in the business world. He's a part of the beach body folks who come up with, uh, uh, with fitness products online. Perhaps you've seen those and on television. He has been part a uh, pastor of a church for 13 years. He has been a disc jockey. He has, he's had other success in life. He has been married to his wife, Tammy, for quite a while and for 27 years, and they have grown a business together. And he is involved with various aspects now of helping you in your life to get the best out of your life. He can, comes out of his own pain, his own situations to have success in his life, and he now is offering himself up to you with his book and the resources at his website, OneShotOneLife.com. And our guest today on the Power Promise Podcast, Doug Fitzgerald. Doug Fitzgerald, welcome to Pathway to Promise. Hey, Brad. It's, it's great to be here. It's an honor to, uh, to share with you and your listeners with Pathway to Promise. So thank you so much. I look forward to this time together. 
Awesome. Well, thank you for being with us. And we have some comparable life experiences. I've spent some time as a disc jockey, as you have too, and and a pastor of a church, as you have too, and you've been involved with the business industry and doing some great stuff. But uh, you know, you're a success. It's you have some success in your life right now, and that's obvious. But I got a feeling in your life it hasn't always been that way. That you've had some <laughs> challenges that you've had to to uh, deal with as well. So I would just like to hear a little bit of your story, kind of where you came from, how you sorted through some things in your life and to where you're at now. Let's hear a little bit about Doug. Sure. Sure. Well, I've been married for 28 years to my love of my life. Her name is Tammy and I couldn't do the things I do without her. She understands why God has designed me and supports me in that and vice versa. I support her in that. So um, we've had just a, just a great life together. We've got two kiddos. Uh, our oldest son is 22. He's a high or he's a senior in college now. Time goes by too fast. And our youngest daughter is just graduated from high school. She's in cosmetology school. She's an incredible dancer. My son's a baseball player. Anyway, we just got a great family unit and uh, our life has been just a joy. But like you said, um, there's highs and lows to everything in life. And one of the things I'll share about is probably the lowest point that Tammy and I had in our marriage and how God kind of led us through that with support of not only him and his word, but then other people as well. But let me back up a little bit. You know, I, I, I've been fortunate and blessed to have some great leaders in my life, great mentors that have taught me great principles of success. And through that, I've been able to um, utilize those principles and succeed in a lot of the areas that I put efforts into and then learn how to turn that success into glorifying God. And so um, learning from my past mentors have been a, has been a huge help to me. But let's fast forward a little bit. I was a pastor for, for se- or I was a, in radio for seven years, a pastor for 13, and then started to build a couple of businesses. God led us into a business that really we worked hard at for the first few years, and it just took off. I mean, it took off number-wise, financially, and we were just running you know, 24-7. But all the principles I'd used up to that point to be successful – uh, when you start getting success like that and things starting to take over your life, if you don't come back and recalibrate, you know, on a regular basis, you kind of lose sight of what's important. And it was during that time of great success with business that I was losing sight of my relationship with my wife and my kids. Mm. And our, our relationship had gotten really strained. As a matter of fact, it just got to a point where, you know, we weren't talking to each other. When we were in the room together, we were probably both thinking thoughts negatively about each other, you know, yelling at each other in our heads and all this stuff. And um, so it got really, really frustrating. And I, I started out my book uh, right in the smack dab in the middle of this, you know, uh, moment in our lives. And, uh, but I had just gotten things out of whack. And I had had people around me saying, you need to get some counseling. You really need to get your, your life back in focus. But it was a late night. It was about 2 o'clock in the morning. And we live in a home that backs up to a city park. There's about 70 acres, which includes one of the high schools in our city, which is Lincoln, Nebraska. And it also includes the city football stadium, a very big stadium. And if you get on our, our walk path and you walk around the sidewalk, it's a two-mile circle. And so that night, uh, we had had one of the worst fights in our lives. I mean, it was a beautiful night outside. I remember the night the stars were shining. But if you'd looked in our window of our home that night, you'd have seen us just going at it. And so I was so frustrated. I needed to cool off. So I just, I walked out and slammed the door and just went for a walk on that bike path. And all along the way, Brad, I'm sitting there thinking, God, why are you doing this to me? Why are, at the height of success, why are you doing this to me? And I'm, you know, I'm yelling under my breath as I'm going. I'm sure if 
I'm sure my neighbors were like, what's Doug doing out there? He's crazy. He's gone. He's gone mad, you know? So I got about halfway down that path and there was nobody on the left-hand side. I think there's some apartments, but just a parking lot on the right-hand side was our football stadium. And I thought, you know what? I can just scream and let it all out. So I did. I just said, I screamed at the top of my lungs, God, why are you doing this to me? And Brad, it was just like, it was instantly, boom. God, it felt like he put me on that 50-yard line of that stadium, like the thump, thump, thump of those lights were coming on, the stadium lights. And, and his voice, at least to, to my spirit and my soul, sounded like it was coming through the loudspeakers. And he said, Doug, I'm not doing this to you. You're doing this to you. It's time for you to take a step back and take a break and understand how you got into this predicament yourself. And I was just cut to the core, man. I was, my tears were running down my face. And I'm like, I, I realized I came face to face with reality um, that I wasn't implementing all these principles, these godly principles that I had been utilizing in my life to have great success. I wasn't using them in the areas of my life that were most important. So I ran home and Tammy and I that night had a great talk. And so um, that began this journey of really restoring our marriage, but it also began this journey of what one shot and this whole ministry has turned into over the last five, six years. And I had a great uh, success partner. I've had her, you know, had her in my life for, man, it's been over 12 years now. We meet every single week and then we challenge each other. And it's a healthy relationship. My wife, you know, my wife is best friends with her. But one of the things that she kept telling me to do is get counseling, Doug. And I'm sitting there going, I was a pastor for 13 years. I was counseling people. I don't need counseling. Yeah, you don't need that. We can, we can fix this on our own. And I would drag my, my feet as a good, solid, you know, normal American guy usually does, thinking that I can figure it out on my own. The reality is I, I realized I couldn't. And so long story short, we found a counselor that um, I felt comfortable with, that we could trust, and we went through some great counseling. But here's what he said, Brett, I think is really interesting, especially for the men that are listening to your podcast. Um, once we got to a healthy part of our relationship, our counselor said, Doug, I want you to do this one thing. Whenever you go out and have coffee and lunch with other guys and they ask you, how are you doing? Um, I want you to tell them the truth to say, listen, Tammy and I in our relationship are doing great right now, but we, we were at the low point of our marriage. We were really, really struggling. We got some counseling and, and things are going really well at this point. Brad, the first 10 guys, the first 10 guys I shared that with said this, you went through that. I'm going through that right now. Wow. And I felt like I was all alone and I don't know what to do. Yeah. And that began so, this whole journey. So that, 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 speaks into, that speaks into your life right there about if that's happening to you and it's yes. happening to others, then there's a need there. And it sounds like you had the itch that, okay, what now? What next? What am I going to do about this? Yep. That's so exactly what, where. So what's, where, what were some of the actions that you took? What were some of the things that you did to, to respond to that calling? And I'll just go there. I'll call it a calling. If you were getting that kind of a, kind of that message out of your own pain, out of your own uh, distress, now you've had some help that you've sought out with your counseling and so on, and you're having some manifestations of, of some opportunities presented to you. So what'd you do then? Yeah, that was, you know, that was one of those moments. It was that uh, for me, that Kairos moment, right? That moment that God has been leading up to that, you know, he really not only called me, but revealed that I've already spent most of my life helping people, helping people with money, counseling, you know, faith counseling, marriage counseling. And so, but this was one of those moments that really cut to my, cut deep within my soul. And so I hired a business coach. I said, you know what, I'm going to invest in this and see what God has. So one of the first things that my coach had me do was let's come up with a question that you feel now that you've had this experience 
um, that you would like to get information from and to see how could we build what ended up turning into one shot. And so the question that we asked, I asked 92 of my good friends and colleagues this one question, what do you worry about that keeps you up at night? Hmm. Because that relationship, my relationship, when, when we were going through those horrible times, it was on our, it was on our mind 24 seven. It kept me up at night. It kept my wife up at night. We were sick about it. So I asked that question and nearly everybody got back to me with heartfelt answers. I was humbled for, you know, for what they shared with me, but we took that information, we compiled it and we, you know, basically found out what were the top six areas, um, you know, from, from, you know, top to bottom that people worried about. Number one was money, which, you know, that's not a surprise. I mean, finances are a huge struggle in people's lives. Number two was relationships, (laughs) relationships with spouse, ex-spouses, kids, you know, family members and so forth. Uh, the third one was faith worried about, you know, am I developing my faith? Am I being, being a good leader in my home? Um, am I neglecting that? Uh, the fourth one was work and career, not being satisfied and not feeling like they're fulfilling their calling in that, um, and health and fitness. The final one was sex. And we threw that, we throw that into our relationship one, which I think is something we don't talk about enough in our society. It's thrown in our face so much. Right, of course. have a healthy understanding of what God designed sex for, it needs to be out there. So um, we took that information and then we just ran with it. How are we going to start developing tools and resources to help people in those specific areas? And one of the first things we did was I wrote the book. And what the book is, is just a compilation of the principles that I've been taught for years to have success in that I in turn now I'm able to teach and share with other people. And it's the foundation of what we do at one shot. That's awesome. And the name of the book is one shot, one life. And that's really, it's a simplistic uh, approach, but it is so true. You really only have this one shot at life. So what are you going to do with it? And you're talking about having a bit of a balance in your life. When you get out of whack in your finances, get a whack on your, your relationship, your faith or your health or your sexuality, all those things, uh, or your workplace, it impacts everything else, doesn't it? You know, you you, you have a response there. Oh, tell, tell me about your uh, in this whole process here. You really took some really you know some really assertive actions there with counseling and with uh, writing the book and so on. But uh, tell me about uh, you've mentioned that you're a man of faith, and tell me about how drawing on a power higher than yourself, your spiritual life. What role did that play in helping to really push you through uh, the obstacles here? You know, you were, it seems to me you were stuck in a bad place in your marriage and other parts of your life. So tell me about your faith life, how that helped draw a higher power to influence you. Absolutely. You know, that night really, it really was that recalibration. Um, you know, our, the fourth principle that we talk about in the book is understanding the power of evaluating evaluating your progress or lack of progress. And so what we did, and I write a little bit about this in the book, is that one of the things that, that Tammy and I both leaned on was our faith. She was involved in a Bible study at the time, and it was something that was deeply valuable to her in making sure that, that she was following what God was calling her to do. For me, there was a couple of different things. The first one, um, there was this um, video study series um, called uh, Turning Your uh, Trials into Gold. And it was spoke to me about, you know, I, I believe if I remember right, a lot of it came from Ecclesiastes. Uh, and so I dug into Ecclesiastes and I must have listened to that series. I think there were like eight or 10 videos. I must have listened to that thing 10 times in a row. Mm. But it was just drawing from the word of God and calling upon and pleading with him. Um, 
to, to guide me and to, to reveal to me how, you know, w- what do you expect of me and how can I in turn live that out? And in the process, he healed not only my, my heart at the time, which, which I had neglected, he healed my relationship with my spouse and started healing other areas of my life. But in turn, then how can I share that with other people? And, you know, my prayer life, you know, obviously was vitally important as well. I believe God is active. He's not a static God. He's somebody who um, is there to walk alongside you, um, you know, and uh, lead you through those troubled times. And if you're willing to, to, if you're willing to take the courage to open up to him and to let that all out and allow him to help you clean up that mess, um, you will, you will start to see that. Uh, that healing process happen and you'll see the light on the other side. But, in, but, but what that allows you to do, it gives you joy in your heart of knowing how, what he's done in your life. But there's a, then there's a, there's a cry in your heart that starts to, to, to build up. You want to share that with other people. You want to give to other people that are in those same moments, give them hope to realize that they, they don't have to stay there or they don't have to make decisions that are going to cause them to hurt it themselves and other people around them. So basically, hey, yeah, you, yeah you're, you're, you're giving though from an empowered state. You've yep. been empowered by your giving out of a full state of fulfillment where you have a, uh, have an overflowing cup to use the biblical metaphor. And yep. uh, so you're coming from a good place. Whereas if you come from a place where you are, you know, uh, if you don't have that, then you're, you're trying to give and give and give out of an empty vessel and that's just draining and that's going to, that's going to kill you. And that's where a lot of people have stress and things in their life. And that's where they sometimes take that one life they have and waste it, or they have issues or they have problems or they don't have optim. They have not optimized that one life. But Doug, you've mentioned on several occasions, something I find very interesting and very uh, encouraging, but not without some risk taking. And that is you've, mentioned how important your marriage is and you've mentioned your wife by name and your kids, but also about a number of accountability type partners and counseling and things like this, but it all falls in the category of relationships, relationships that have helped empower you. And I like to think about loving relationships, emotions and relationships as part of the fuel that helps us transform and change. But I just like you to speak a little bit about the power of relationships in your life that helps you transform. And that also can be what you teach and share with your, with your audience, the power of relationships. Well, you know, that's what life's about, right? I mean, (laughs) we're put on this earth to interact with people and everybody has a different personality and everybody interacts differently and learning how to, you know, interact in a healthy way with people is it's a hard thing. Sometimes you have to be vulnerable, but I've been fortunate. I've, I, I have great parents growing up, great family setting, uh, people that really modeled to me what um, good relationships are about. I remember when we got involved with this business, I was talking about that had great success. I remember one of the things that the CEO of the company had, had said from the very beginning, he said, this is going to take a lot of forgiveness. If we grow this thing and have success, it's going to take a lot of forgiveness for each other. And, 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 him sharing that was such a, such a, such a powerful truth because relationship is about forgiveness. We're all going to make mistakes and we have to not only uh, forgive other people, but we have to allow other people to, to forgive us as well. It means we have to step up and be vulnerable. So for me, relationships are a key. I've been part of uh, groups. I think it's a biblical model, you know, where Jesus had 12 people together and, and it's something where you rally around each other. In, in the book, we, uh, people always ask me, well, if, if I'm going to read the book, what do you think is the most potent part of the book. And I think it's the fifth principle. 
and where we talk about tapping into the power of a success partner. Because uh, what that is, and I don't, you know, what a success partner is, just somebody simply that's willing to walk alongside you uh, in your life, that knows what you're trying to achieve, that knows your, your life intimately, and is willing to cheer you on when you succeed, is willing to pick you up when you fall. And um, I've had that, you know, you can have that in various ways. It could be a one-on-one meeting that you meet with maybe a guy or a gal friend on a regular basis. Maybe it's in a group setting. We like mastermind group settings because it's collaboration, it's encouragement along the way. But I think there's also, you know, something that's very powerful in that process. It's been a huge benefit for me. The, the mastermind groups I've led over the years and the, that I've been a part of, when you invest in yourself in that way and you invest in other people that way, has given me so much, uh, so much uh, positive result in my life. It's taken me further than I would have ever, ever imagined in my life with successes, um, not just financial successes, but successes in relationships and opportunities and networking and, and, and business opportunities and so many other things that allow um, you to grow and develop when you put yourself around other people. And I just think it's, uh, it's, it's, extre- it's extremely important. One of the stories I, I've, I'm looking here at, uh, in my office here at a picture, uh, and it's a story in the Old Testament of Moses, Abraham, and Hur. I don't know if you remember that story, um, but uh, the Israelites were ready to go into battle, and Joshua's going to lead them into battle. And God says, Moses, you go up to the mountain and you observe the battle, but when you hold up, this, when you hold up your hands to me, you're going to win. But as soon as you drop them, oh, you're going to you're yeah. gonna fail, right? And, and so... You know, what, um, what do um, um, Aaron and her do? They go up with Moses, right? The success partner model, this model of being around each other to support each other. And they not only, I can envision them, they not only went up to the hill to pick the best spot for Moses to observe the battle. I guarantee you if they found the rock for him to sit on, I guarantee you they were telling him all along the way, if your arms get tired, we're going to be right behind you. We're going to hold your arms up. We're going to make sure that this, this calling that God's put in your heart that you're going to succeed at. And they backed him up until they won. And I can also imagine them going down the hill and cheering Moses on, maybe even carrying him on their shoulders uh, with that success. But I think that's a great picture of what a success partner is. Somebody who knows you so intimately that they're willing to to walk alongside you in the good times and bad. And I think in our society, we don't have enough uh, of those relationships in our life where we're Vulnerable. I agree. Yeah, I agree with you completely. Complete with you, Doug, on that one. You know, we have just a lot of of isolationism. You know, we have a lot of people who have lack of fulfillment in their life, and a lot of it because they have unhealthy relationships or relationships that are somehow skewed. And uh, and so many people are you know out for themselves only, as opposed to serving others and not yep. Yep. buying into anything along the line of you help others, then you're going to, in the long run, serve you know your needs as well will be fulfilled. And that's certainly a biblical model and what you're teaching here and your, your work as well. And that's a, an awesome, awesome thing. So these relationships are vital. And I just think it's something that our audience can just get hooked into and be connected to. And masterminds is one way of doing that. And for folks who are not familiar with that model, as some of our audience may not be, can you just unpack that a little bit so people can understand a little bit of what the power of a mastermind may be? Sure. Absolutely. You know, um, there, there are, I mean, it's, uh, I've been part of mastermind groups for a long time. And, um, if you don't understand what that is and what that, that model looks like, it's simply a group of like-minded people who meet on a regular basis that have a common goal that they're trying to encourage each other with. And so in our case, we lead mastermind groups with one shot. We have their groups of 10 people. There's a facilitator in that group. 
And um, we've got a couple of different groups that we lead. The first one is, you know, people going through our ultimate success formula process and really identifying what are the vital priorities in your life that you need to achieve. We help them identify those. And each person is to pick their top three. And then on a, on, we meet on, you know, twice a month uh, for usually an hour uh, where we um, share each other's priorities. We encourage each other. People kind of, you know, they give their account of what they've done for that past couple of weeks. We hold them accountable. We say, all right, now that's where you've been. Here's where your successes are. What are you doing for this next week? We hold them accountable for getting that done for the next week. And then I also do one-on-one calls with people as well to dig a little bit deeper in what they're trying to achieve. So a mastermind group model is simply a group of people meeting on a regular basis around a common goal um, to help, you know, help get you to where you want to go and to help those people in that group get to where they want to go as well. It's a great model, and uh, it's really fun and exciting when you can be part of a group. And the relationships that come out of that, oh, my goodness, the friendships, um, it's, in, it's invaluable to me. Yeah. Uh, they grow. That's an awesome thing. I've been a part of a couple of masterminds myself, and I agree uh, wholeheartedly with that. And that's a part of a, an intentional process of getting better, you know, not slipping into bitterness and slipping into the abyss, but to move through the wilderness. I like to say in the teaching I do, to move through that wilderness experience you know, like Moses in the desert and so on, yeah. but uh, about how you have to go through the tough, tough trials. But if you have other people with you and you and they hold you accountable and also to help push you along, that's a, that's a good thing. But that, that's one example of, of actions that you've taken and you're encouraging as well. But I'd like you to talk for a minute about either personally or as a group or in your teaching about uh, habits or dynamics or, uh, disciplines that you may have either personally or within a group that can help people here. And I know, for instance, you may have some lessons from the fitness industry that may apply here, but what are some ways people can get better by their daily disciplines? I think, you know, obviously one of the things that uh, we were at a conference together not too long ago. Yes, we were. And um, there was a quote that was shared by um, Carrie, who's, who leads the conference. And um, I believe it was Pascal, uh, something to the effect of, I, I don't have it all um, memorized, but something to the effect of, you know, a lot of the world's problems could be solved if, you, if, if men would learn how to sit in a room quietly. Mm. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. That, the, you know, and, and, and I'm paraphrasing, but that quote struck me. It was probably one of the top things I took away from that conference because I know that when I sit quietly, with no distraction, which is hard to do nowadays. No phone, yes. no, no. I, I work in an office by myself pretty much all the time. Um, so I have quiet time, right? But there's a distraction in the process. And what hit me was I realized that why do I get all of these, the most creative and heart, uh, the deepest heart um, thoughts and ideas and, and, and directive of what I need to do when it happens in the shower, I always tell people, always tell me, man, a lot of great thoughts come to me in the shower. I finally realize what it is, Brad. It's because there's no distraction. Yep. There's no phone. And so I think one of the things that, that um, I've been challenged to do with a buddy of mine is to spend the first part of our day quiet. Now we talk about quiet times, you know, especially in the Christian world, they talk about quiet times, but that usually right. involves around reading and praying and there's an activity going on. Yeah. Or journaling, not, something like that. Yeah. It's not true quiet, quiet time. So I think one of the things, number one, I think that's important is, is having that, that real quiet time to allow your mind um, and, and to allow God to just kind of speak to you during that time. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, obviously, you know, I, I love you know, prayer and Bible study. He's been putting them on my heart, the, the book of Joshua, for the last six weeks. 
I think that's important. But then also at the same time, as we look at the mastermind group model and some disciplines in that, one of the things that we want our people to do is, number one, we talk about mastering persistence. And that means on a daily basis, we tell people to write out their vital priorities of what they're trying to achieve, write them out on a piece of paper, and then stick them everywhere you are. So it's constantly on your mind, on your bathroom mirror, maybe it's in your car. I've got sticky notes right here on my computer monitor of the, the priorities that I am trying to achieve. And subconsciously, as you have those in front of you, you will begin not only thinking about them, but working on them as well. Not only that, but then we also want people to regularly evaluate what they're doing. And part of that process is putting into your calendar. We tell people all the time, if you're working on a proven plan to achieve a priority and, and you want to stay disciplined, put it on your calendar. I mean, we've got, you know, we've got cell phones and computers and everything where you can put it on the calendar and put reminders in or remind you on a regular basis to do something. If yeah. you're, you know, if you're trying to work through, if you're trying to work out, like you said, if you're trying to work out and lose some weight, then make sure you have your alarm that wakes you up with a specific calendar date at five in the morning or whenever you're going to choose to work out. So it's reminding you constantly to get it done. And a lot of times I think people hope, you know, we always say, we always say people like this, you know, they, they like new year's resolutions, right? I'm going to go yeah. out there and achieve something, but then that's about as far as it gets. Yeah. It's one thing um, to have intentions, another thing to have implement, implementation. And that's uh, a, what, what we're talking about here is how you actually strategies to implement what you want to do. So yep. awesome stuff there. Way to go, Doug. Uh, appreciate your insights there. But let's, let's, I want to bring this around to kind of where we started with you in a sense, but I wanted to turn this around from where you started a place kind of in a difficult moment when you're yelling out the, at the football stadium or whatever, and you were having a, at a bad place with your wife and your life, and you were just kind of in a tough place. A lot of folks are at that type of place right now in their lives. A lot of folks are feel like they're stuck or they are in a place of disheartened or discouraged or dismayed, or, you know, they may be facing a, you know, bad marriage or a divorce, or they may have had a diagnosis of cancer or any number of things could have happened in their life. I just like for you to speak to that person who may be in a bad place right now. Mm-hmm. And what are some insights or maybe some things you've learned out of your life or maybe some some things you see from your book that maybe you can speak a word of encouragement or a word of insight to someone who's in a bad place right now. Sure. You know, uh, life is about cycles and there's ups and downs and we struggle. And I think social media uh, lends itself to people putting on a good facade. But the truth is behind that facade, you know, there's a lot of pain in people's lives and it doesn't matter where you're at and you're not alone. I think my, the first thing I want uh, you to know if you're listening and you're struggling is you're not alone. Um, there are people out there who uh, have gone through or are going through what you're going through as well. And, um, and know that. Uh, the second thing I would encourage you to do is, whether you're a person of faith or not, just cry out to God. Um, God doesn't, you know, he can take it. He's big enough to take a, uh, if he's big enough to take a guy yelling at him at a football stadium. Um, yeah. Scream at Appar- him. Apparently, no uh, bolt of lightning came and crushed you on that day, or no one came out of the, you know, off the trail to haul you away. So you you made it that way. Yeah. yeah, but he's there, you know, and um, and I think a lot of people don't, you know, they think if they've messed up, they've made mistakes in their lives, where they've gotten to the situation that they are, or they just, you know, they've been dealt a bad hand. You know, God is there, and I think the third thing is is find somebody that you trust. Think about right now, who is that one person or or two people or three people that you really respect that you can trust that, that, that can provide, can provide some healthy insight or even just a shoulder to lean on. 
And again, I think they need to be a, a trustworthy person, somebody that you believe is healthy. Maybe, maybe it's a good friend. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a counselor. Maybe it's a pastor at your church. Maybe it's um, a neighbor down the street. But get the courage up. Have the courage up to just open up to somebody. Um, the more you hold it inside and feel like you're going to take care of it yourself, the reality is, especially I've found for men, since I'm a guy, uh, you know, we always like to think that we're going to take care of things ourselves. And the truth is, we hold on to that for so long that we end up making decisions that destroy our lives and the lives of people around us. And we'd like to call that, you know, our society likes to call that and fluffy coat it, um, you know, midlife crisis. But the truth is, it's damaging. Yeah, and it's, it's... if you can just open up uh, and realize that you're not alone. And if you have the courage to open up, not only uh, is it going to be helpful to you, but it potentially will be helpful to other people that you can serve down the road to. And after all, you just got one shot at this, right? Yeah, one shot and one life, man. One shot, one life. And that's, uh, so that's, a, that's the title of your book and your company and all the resources you have. And so, Doug, uh, Doug Fitzgerald, if folks want to find out more about you, about your book, or about what kind of things you are all about and how that you may be able to speak into their, to their life through your resources, how can folks uh, make a connection with you? Sure. Uh, pretty simple. You can go to oneshotonelife.com. Everything is there, and you can get in touch with me there. Uh, and there's a contact button. We've got a great free uh, theme song download. There, how we got our name, Brad, for One Shot, One Life, which is a really cool story. I won't get into it totally, but um, Brian Olson, who was a former member of a Christian group called the Newsboys, was oh, a good I friend know. of mine. Yeah. He recorded, uh, he recorded his, one of his albums in our lake house basement. And he was giving me demos as they were doing it. And one song was as we were creating the business. And uh, the demo was for a song called One Shot, One Life. And I listened to it and went, that's it. So I contacted <laughs> him. I said, Brad, can we use the name and all that? So we've got a theme song. It's the name of our, our business. It's the name of the book. And uh, all you have to do to learn more is go to oneshotonelife.com. You can even download that free theme song. That's well. awesome. There's some cool stuff there. Well, uh, thank you for what you've shared here. And our guest today on Pathway to Promise, and we appreciate him so much, is Doug Fitzgerald, the author of One Shot, One Life. That was a great uh, conversation I was able to have with Doug Fitzgerald from OneShotOneLife.com, the author of One Shot, One Life, the ultimate success formula to help you win at anything in life. I hope that you picked up some good uh, some good things in your life there. A couple things to pick up on. Pick up on the things that he learned from the people, from the many people he asked about their uh, their situations in life. About you know when he asked the question, of what keeps you up at night? It was things like money and relationships and faith and work, career and health and fitness and sex. Those are some things that he deals with in his book when he comes up with his formulations, his process to help you have success in your life. And one of the key things I heard there was the power of evaluation, the power of evaluation. I would encourage you to evaluate your life. That is, take an introspective look both within yourself and with accountability partners. That's one of the many tips and things that you can get from Doug Fitzgerald. And his website is One Shot, One Life. You can see some great resources there, including his consulting and his coaching and his various groups that he leads that can help you in your life and in your career. Here at PathwayPromise.com and the Power of Promise podcast, my name is Dr. Brad Miller. We are here to be helpful to you as well. You can go to our website, PathwayPromise.com, Find some helpful tips and a good and a free gift for you there to help you in your life to overcome adversity, to achieve success in your life. 
We're here to be helpful to you. I look forward to doing it next time here on the Power of Promise podcast. So until next time, my friends, remember to keep your promises because there's power in a promise kept. Thanks so much for taking the Pathway to Promise with Dr. Brad Miller. As a subscriber, you'll be a vital part of the Pathway to Promise community. Visit us on the web at pathwaypromise.com. Until next time, remember to stay on your Pathway to Promise.